Ready for the what? Ready for the what? I got things to say this morning. I got things to share. So we're going to start a very inciting topic this morning. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Ready? All right. Oh, somebody says, let's leave them. I let's say this together, Father. The name of your son, Jesus. We receive revelation. We receive accuracy. We receive precision. We receive direction. Illumination. This morning, we say there is no contradictions in the in the teaching of your word. There is no confusion in this atmosphere. Every heart can behold you as we see ourselves in him. Your name alone is glorified. And we are edified. Amen. Amen. No, you're not sounding like you mean it. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's start a new series this morning. Amen. Um, I want to share this morning, and this might take me a while to finish, but um, I'll see how I can do this in two weeks or three weeks. Let's see. You are not born a sinner. Hallelujah. How about that? Tell your neighbor, you are not born a sinner. Oh, wow. What an interesting topic, right? Uh, you're not born a sinner. Matthew 28. Let's cut from there this morning. You're not born a sinner. Um, we live in a time of war, especially starting from our camp meeting. We started sharing in our camp meeting on our identity, who we are. So um, one of the things is that I'm going to be continuing from that tangent in spinets. When I mean spinets, like I mean dropping um, factions of things here and there. Next year we're going to do a series, I think in January, God and Racism. How about that? And we're just going to we're just going to put some spinets. So this is like an introduction to the spinets, amen. So that that way we can join all the puzzles together, and it will all make sense, amen. amen. So tell anybody you are not born a sinner. Yeah, you're not born a sinner. Look at Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. It says, and Jesus came and came, and Jesus spake unto them, saying. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now this was Jesus, sharing with his disciples upon his resurrection, and it was making them see that as a believer, um, one responsibility we have is to preach the gospel. Preaching the gospel is not for just pastors alone. Preaching the gospel is a responsibility of every believer. So that means a member or a good member of a local church is responsible or has a responsibility in preaching the gospel. Say, I have a responsibility. You're not sounding like you mean it. No, you're not saying it like you mean it. To preach the gospel. So he says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. That word teach there is from the Greek word didasko. That is, you explain to people, you teach people the gospel. So your responsibility in this kind of morning service is such that you will learn the gospel and you have the ability to teach people. So that means you are not sitting down and learning for just yourself alone in this morning service. You are sitting down and indirectly learning for some other people. So that means when you come to church, your responsibility in the local church is to sit down, learn, and be able to communicate what you have learned to other people. So that means you have a responsibility. And in that text, Jesus said, Go ye into the world, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to do all things whatsoever I have commanded you. He says, Go ye therefore, teach all nations. That word all nations refers to ethnos in the Greek. All nations will mean ethnos in the Greek, and it means people tied by language, people tied by culture, people tied by beliefs. So that means I have a responsibility 
to teach all people. So that means I have a responsibility to teach my friends. I have a responsibility to teach my co-workers. I have a responsibility to teach my classmates, my schoolmates. I have a responsibility to share the gospel with my siblings. I have a responsibility to share the gospel even in Walmart, in Wegmans, in um, which other stores are there, in Haldi, in um, different places, in Maya. And you just have a responsibility to even in price rights. I think there's, there's, there's one called price rights now. So I have a responsibility to share the gospel. So that is my responsibility as a believer. My responsibility is to share the gospel, is to preach the gospel. So I am not just born again, or I'm not just a Christian, or I'm not just a churchgoer just for myself. My responsibility as a Christian is for others. So that means as I study God's word, as I'm approaching and learning about who I am, my identity, the fact that as, I'm, as we're about to study now, as we see that we're not born a sinner, our responsibility is not just to know it and feel good and say, oh wow, I'm not just born a sinner, I'm just uh, um, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, I'm this and that. But your responsibility is that you can also share the same thing. You can communicate the same thing. That, and one of the things we're going to approach in this series is some questions. What is sin? Who is a sinner? Is a person a sinner from birth? What did Adam and Eve do that made them a sinner? So does that mean that every man who is born on this earth does that mean that they automatically become a sinner? What makes a person a sinner? So, does that mean that a newborn baby who was just born this morning is a sinner? And those are the questions we're going to answer so that that way you can have proper understanding. I've always told you the responsibility of a local church or a good pastor is to feed you God's word is to ensure that you are properly fed and you are properly taught the word of God. So imagine all your life, everything you think, and I've always taught us that man is a product of influence and man is a product of his thinking, his imaginations, the thoughts, the kind of information he feeds on. Many of us have been fed so many junks on, oh, there's nothing you will do, nothing you will ever do that will make you even righteous. Some people are wallowing in condemnation, thinking that, they are, that it's never possible for them to live a righteous life, that it's never possible for them to please God. So they just think all their life they are just going to be a sinner. So they just zeroed it on their mind. Some people, the reason why they are doing some of the things they are doing, that is maybe social vices, different kind of um, things that they do in the world, and you just feel like, well, there's no, there's, how many of you have heard those statements before? Nobody is holy. How many of you have heard those statements before? Nobody is holy. So, so you just say, oh, nobody is truly holy. So you just continue wallowing in your unrighteousness because nobody is holy. So different kind of imaginations and different kind of thoughts. But as a Christian, our thoughts must be subjected to the written word. Our thoughts must be covered up, must be understood from the written word. We don't just pick a thought pattern. We don't just pick a statement and just say, nobody is holy. In fact, I remember when I was much younger, some people would say that um, no matter what you do, you are still a sinner. So just... <laughs> Just be waking up every morning and be confessing your sin. Because they will tell you, even the person that is preaching is still a sinner. All of us, we are all going to hell. I mean, I've heard those statements before. Everybody in this world, we are all going to hell. I mean, I've heard those statements before. Let me see. <laughs> Everybody is all perishing. So you are born again, but you will still perish. What an irony. You know? So. We live in the world and time where those conversations and those questions have to be answered. So now, 
our major focus is from this Matthew 28 verse 18 or verse 19, he says, teach all nations. So my responsibility, tell your neighbor, say your responsibility, you're not saying like you mean it, is to learn the gospel and have the ability to teach the gospel. You're not saying, say it, say it again. Say, turn to another person, say your responsibility is to know the gospel and have the ability to teach the gospel. Yeah, that's, that's your responsibility. That's your responsibility. So, in studying the scriptures, you and I must be have some close understanding of certain things. And now, we we'll ask some questions is, how was the Bible written? And those are some vital questions we'll start from in this series. How was the Bible written? The Bible is a compilation of books consisting of 66 books written by 40 authors over thousands of years, written at different times in history and events. So, the Bible is consisting of 66 books. Other books can have different numbers, but at least the only Bible. Because <laughs> I've had so many conversations with people who say, are you sure the Bible is not complete? That's not what we're talking about now. <laughs> let's, let's focus on the Holy Bible for now. So we must pay attention to this fact and we must see. So that means we must have a due diligence that a book written a thousand years ago means that the people in those times will have different cultures, right? Because when it says a thousand years ago, a thousand years ago we mean there was no social media, right? A thousand years ago we mean there was no phones, there was no emails, there was no iPhone, there was no Tesla cars, there was no, probably there was no even automatic cars. Even a thousand years ago, was there even cars? I doubt. At least there, was, there might not be an aeroplane a thousand years ago. I mean, a thousand years ago would be 1,023 years, right? This is 2,023, so that means a thousand years ago would be 1,023. So that would mean that there was prob probably no aeroplanes, no, um, no sheep. Ah, no, I don't think there would, there would be sheep. There must have been sheep. But there would be no... Huh? No cars, definitely no cars. No Wi-Fi, obviously. No Instagram, no social media. No, no Android and iPhones. What a world. Now, social media cannot relate like saying, really? No emails. No video call, no Skype, no FaceTimes. No Zoom. No online church. <laughs> I like that. No online church. No watching online. No online service. <laughs> there was no YouTube. No Netflix. No Hulu. No Paramount Plus. Not. <laughs> there was no Champions League. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> there was no devilish Chelsea. There will probably be. A, there will probably be Manchester United. But. But. <laughs> just. I, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so now imagine that that's a thousand years ago, and the Bible has been written before then, before just even a thousand years ago. So that would mean how much archaic, let's use that word, how much archaic they are in, and the kind of culture, the kind of customs they are in. So that would mean to understand such a book, that means to understand the Bible today, it will require a little bit of understanding of the way the words were used at those times. So that would mean the Bible wasn't, is not as English as you think. Many of us want to understand the Bible with today's understanding or with today's English. But don't forget, it was written in a time, in a world, in a custom, in a culture that doesn't even understand even to this world. Am I making sense? Am I communicating? If you're following me to this point, let me see your hands. Okay, cool. So it wasn't written in a time, in a world, in a place, or in a space 
to fit into this world. Don't forget, it wasn't even written in English. It was translated to English. Because as at that time, English language wasn't in existence. English language is one of the newest languages in the world, as shocking as it is. English language is about 800 to 1,000 years. It's not even so new as you think. So, I mean, so there are a lot of more ancient languages than English language. So that means to understand the Bible today will require a little bit more understanding of the ways the words were used. So that means this gives us an idea into the way the facts are presented and the informations in the Bible. That means the facts, the details, the information of the Bible, we have to play, pay closer attention to it. That means we can't read the Bible in a hurry. Say your neighbor, say you can't read the Bible in a hurry. You can't read the Bible in a hurry. You, you just can't read the Bible in a hurry. So that means we must pay close attention to details and not to be in a hurry. Because our understanding of the scriptures is directly related to how we practice our faith. A wrong understanding of the scriptures means your faith is hinged on a wrong understanding. That means if you understand the scriptures wrongly, or if you believe wrongly from the scriptures, your faith or your worship of God will be wrong. I will explain what I'm saying again. If what you understand from the scripture is wrong, or is a false understanding, then your worship of God is a false, is, is going to be wrong. Just let me, let, let me explain what I mean. If you believe that God is behind the killing of probably maybe you lost a sibling, I'm sorry to use that example, or maybe you lost somebody, or you got it, maybe you say you got involved in an accident, and you, your understanding of the scripture is that it's God that is doing that, then your worship of, wrong, of God will be wrong. Because in the book of John, it says every good, no, not done, in the book of James 1, it says every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of light. In him there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So that means a close understanding of the scriptures will give us a much understanding of what God is doing. So now, if you understand the Bible wrong, if you understand the Bible wrong, you will not, you would, your worship of God will be wrong. So while reading the Bible, you must pay close attention to the grammar, to the tenses used, and that is how you will arrive at a good conclusion. For instance, in Ephesians 1 verse 7, it says, In whom we have redemption. That face we have is a past or is a perfect tense. It's an example of a perfect tense. So that we mean you must pay close attention to what the scripture says. I think there's a material we released. I don't know if it's still in circulation. Tenses of the New Testament grace. I don't know if you still have that material. We still have that. Where we explained what the scripture says. The tenses of the scriptures. So that means you must understand how the Bible was written. In Ephesians 1 verse 13, it says, you were sealed with the Holy Ghost of promise. Ephesians 1 verse 13, it says you were sealed. When they say you are sealed, it means a past tense. So that means it has already happened. Are you seeing that? Are you observing that? It means it has already happened. Ephesians 1 verse 13. So that means we must pay close attention. Such like in 2 Peter 3 verse 18, it says, but grow in grace. Grow in grace now, we mean what? A continuous, a present continuous tense, right? That is something is still ongoing. 
So these examples indicate for us that we must diligently and patiently read the Bible. So the Bible is not just a book you can rush into or you can just dive into or you can just, you know, just uh, uh, rush and just pick a Bible and just say, let me just open, get a word from it and run. No, 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 no. I have always said, even the Bible wasn't written in chapters and verses. It's just like Paul writing a letter to the church of Corinth and putting verse 1 as he was writing. Do you write a letter and put verse 1? <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? So that means they edited it. The people compiled it together, made it simpler for us to read, but yet has become a problem for us. So, but we have to read the Bible in the entire context of it. So that way, we'll be able to explain it and understand it properly. So, we must be very diligent with the scriptures. So the first thing we need to understand as we study the Bible is that the Bible must be read. You must actually even read it. <laughs> so to understand the Bible, you must learn to read it. Because in reading it, you are reading all of its content. You must learn to read the Bible. Third, your neighbor say you must learn to read the Bible. And I ask people, I say, how many of you read, you want to read, let's say you, let's take for instance, maybe for some of you, I know not, maybe not all of you are in school, but maybe for some of you uh, that are in school, and you are given a textbook, and you say, and they give you a textbook, and you want to start the textbook from the ending of the textbook. Is that how it's done? No, no, no. You start from the beginning. So that shows the reading of the scripture starts from the beginning. You read the Bible. So there must not be a special part of the Bible that you are, you are saying, this is my favorite part. That you are not paying special attention to that. Ah, I really, this part. You are not reading it, reading You must give attention to all parts of the scripture the way you give it to that your favorite part. So, it is essential for us to understand that the Bible must be read. So, we must also examine that for us to have an accurate understanding of the Bible, we must have, there are no unclear areas in the Bible. That means in studying the Bible, we must understand that the Bible is explanatory. The reason why it is confusing is because you have not read it well. And don't forget where I'm coming from. I said the writings of the scriptures are not in today's world. That is, they didn't write it to fit in today's world. When they were writing, they were writing it in their culture, in their context, in their world. Just like I will write today, if I'm going to write today, believe me you, you are going to see things like text messages, right? You're going to see things like video calls. You're going to see things like my car in today's writing, right? You're going to see things like, what other things are you going to see in today's writing? My phone. But, you know, when those guys were writing the scriptures, they didn't have phones. The closest they could say is, I will write to you. Many people have observed those things in scripture. I will write to you. You know, in our today's world now, I can say, instead of saying I will write to you, I will say, I will text you. Paul could just say, I will send the church of Corinth an email. <laughs> or Paul could just say, I will zoom your church. So all of you just stay, just stay as one church. I'll zoom, you will zoom me in. So I'll talk. Instead of saying, to the letter, letter to the church of Corinth, I'll just say, I'll just appear on Zoom. Hey guys, why have you been behaving this way? I fed you with meat and not with meat. <laughs> I fed you with meat and not with meat. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? You would have done that if it was in today's world. You know, in our today's world now, you don't have to travel too many places very well. You just have to just zoom yourself in. In fact, I found out something that during the pandemic, there's, a, there's something that the United Nations built that is like a 3D, that you, it's like a box, like all those um, self-contained toilets. But this one is like, you know those self-contained toilets now, those boxes that they do in parks, that they put when you're in, in a park? Those toilets now. So it's like that type, but you enter there and you just do, be on a video and the person in another world will be looking at you almost like life. You know, there's a projection that very soon, the way, maybe in the next, maybe in 2040, 2050, you don't have to be doing FaceTime again. You just tap something in your hand, the person will appear on your head, like an hologram. And you just speak to his, hey, I'm coming to you soon. And you just, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, that's technology. By that time, our whole, the whole things we are going to say, or the whole things we are going to, you know, now I was doing a, I was watching a video yesterday on solar. Our Tesla has created a solar panel such that now you don't have to be paying electricity bill again. Just get solar in your house and you are good to go. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not prominent now, but give it the next 10, 15 years, that's what is going to be prominent. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, but that would mean that the world has changed, right? That would mean the writings, things that we will now be talking about, conversations, writings, books, even movies, they will change. Are you getting what I'm saying? How many of you have had to watch maybe movies of the 18s or 19s that it's shot maybe in the 18, 18 something, 1830 something, 1890 something? How many of you have watched movies like that? I have. Because I remember I did a project in school many years ago and many of the projects, they were, they, they were giving us a lot of um, movies around those times to critique them. And I found out that many of the, those things, you can't relate it to this world. I remember I've had to deal with Shakespeare's um, materials. And you found out that there are some writings in Shakespeare that you can't, you don't seem to relate with. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So that is exactly how the Bible is. Many of us will want to quickly fit in the Bible into today's world. And we are going to make a mistake. We have to first read it in the context of their world. Does that make sense? Am I making sense this morning? So that that way, you will have a proper understanding. So we said the Bible is a compilation of 66 books from Genesis to Malachi. And that is the Old Testament books. And Matthew to Revelation is the New Testament. And we said the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. Why the New Testament is written in Greek? So that would mean that the original text of the Bible were two languages, that is the Hebrew and the Greek. So and all of them were all translated into English. So in addition to these two, there were also some major languages that were spoken, and that's the Aramaic language, which Jesus spoke. But it was mostly spoken, but not written. It's just like saying, um, I don't know if you know what pidgin English means. Let me see if you know what pidgin English means, or oh, just few of us. Okay. Um, I don't know if you know. Let me see how I can relate that to our word now. I don't even know. Okay, let me use. Let me use the slangs, or the abbreviations. Where you want to say what's up? You say sup. What what do you what 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 you doing? <laughs> got you. You know you can't write got you in an exam. <laughs> Maybe you are taking an SAT English and you say got you gotcha or W Y N what you mean <laughs> or um huh? what's up 
You know, you can't say, what's up in, in SAT? <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, you can't say that. It's mostly spoken or text message. That is exactly how the Aramaic word was. So Jesus spoke the Aramaic, but it wasn't written. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it was like a native language of their own time. So that's why you will see in statements in the scripture where it says, Eli, Eli, lama sabatani, they now say, which means they now have to translate it for us. That was like an, their own language. Are you seeing it now? So, you know, now in our today's world now, if you tell, if you, if you tell some maybe older folks, maybe people who are like in their 80s, and you say, W-Y-M, they'll be wondering, what's that? Because that's not what they are used to. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's our word now that is used to all these short shots, abbreviations. Um, eh? NGL, not gonna lie. L O M L, love of my life. You have love of your life? That's, <laughs> that, that's you. <laughs> eh? POV, point of view. Uh, what's your POV? You know, in fact, me, I didn't know that until this year. <laughs> I just been seeing it on social media. POV, POV. I don't know what you was POV. You uh, see, NG hair, not going to lie. Um, which other one again? Um, WYD, what you doing? Ah, I don't know now. YTKV, you know the vibes. What does that one mean? OOTD. Eh? Outfit of the day. GRMWM. Get ready with me. GRWM. Get ready with me. You know, if you tell somebody who is 80 years, they can't understand. Except Instagram grammar. That, I remember I've seen that woman before. One Instagram grammar. That she used to say she would do makeup and say, Follow me to the barrier of my ex. Ah, you've no <laughs> You've not seen it on Instagram? Oh boy. <laughs> so but you can't get you they can't understand that. It's not is that's not our word now. So such that. But you know you can't write that in an exam. You are writing a profession, let's say you work, you go for a job interview. And they ask you, what do you, how do you get ready in a day? Then you say, WGWGWMRGRM. Your HR first do, please, you're not qualified for this job. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Or they ask you, or you, or you go ask your boss, WID, what you doing? Your boss will be like, your boss will probably think you are joking. You now continuously do it. Your boss will just mark you that you are not yet serious with this job. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? So now, that can be spoken. Are you getting what Are you saying that the world is evolving? The world is evolving so much. So now imagine there was something I saw. I saw something on Twitter earlier this week. I saw somebody posted a storm, and now a storm was eating people on the on like on the waves. On the boat. So when I put something like POV or something, no, no, person don't put POV. Person say, wow. So this was what Jesus saw. And he was sleeping calmly in the boat. And telling his disciples that um, that they should owe you of little faith. He said, Ah, I would have had faith with this kind of storm. We know this one that is even moving and boisterous. So I was not so I was not reading the comment session. And I just started seeing a lot of hilarious things. You know, a lot of things in these days, it's not the video that is funny, it's just the comment session. <laughs> the video is not funny, it's just comment session. And the comment session are just filled with people just doing their own thing. Are you gonna, and someone just sitting there in his own house and just typing something. The person doesn't even know it's funny. But you are reading it like, ah, how are people thinking this way? Are you getting what I'm saying? So the word is involving. So that would mean that, but the Bible has not evolved. <laughs> as much as the world is evolving, things are evolving. There's even there's many things today now has um, a revised standard, a new edition. 
new edition. Even clothes has new edition. New edition. The Bible does not have new edition. The Bible is still the same. Are you getting what I'm saying? The Bible is still the same. So that's why for us to understand the Bible, we must understand that as languages are constantly evolving, a word may not exist in that language, and that is why we translate it. So that's why many times we use Greek words. We explain it, we go back to the originals to check it again if we see certain things there again. So as we study and approach what is seen, we said you are not born a sinner, right? We say you are not born. So that would mean we have to study properly, right? That we said one of our major questions in this series is what is sin? Who is a sinner? Is a person a sinner from birth? What did Adam and Eve do? So did I just wake up? Was I just born in the morning? or in the afternoon, or in the night, or that day in the hospital, or that day in the church, or that day in the mosque, or that day somewhere. Was I just born? And immediately I was born like this. I became a sinner. That's the conceptions a lot of us had. A lot of us are still struggling with condemnations in our hearts because we feel like we don't know that Christ has forgiven us our sins, even though we are Christians. A lot of us still believe we are still going to perish and rot in hell as Christians. So that is why I said the Bible does not change. So in studying the Bible, as we read and progress with our study of the scriptures, we must understand that the Bible does not change. As languages are evolving, as knowledge is evolving, as the mode of communication is changing, the word of the scriptures is never changing. Never changing. Ours is to explain it. Ours is to interpret it. Our job is to make sure that we have a proper understanding of what the scripture is. So when we have a proper understanding of what the scripture is, we will have a clearer worship of God. Am I making sense? Am I making sense this morning? We will have a clearer worship of God. Because I want us by the end of this series to be able to confidently answer this question. Remember we started from Matthew 28. We said a believer must be able to, is not, his responsibility is not just to know the gospel, but have the ability to also explain and teach the same, right? So I expect that by the end of this series, if somebody asks you and says, you are a sinner, you'll be, say, you'll be able to say, no, you are not. No, I'm not a sinner. Confidently, with no missing words, with no being shy. Are you getting what I'm saying? And many a times, the reason why many of us have not yet been free from sin is because of the mindset we have. That we are a sinner, we are a sinner, we are still in sin, I'm living in sin, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. And that's the mindset that many of us have. And I trust God that in this series, those mindsets will be broken in the name of Jesus. So now, we said you are not a sinner. And this is an important conversation or an important question that is being faced with us in our today's world. So we need to understand that what is sin? So look at the word sin. We said in studying the scripture, we must be able to read the scriptures properly. Now the word sin was written 294 times, 294 times in the Bible from Genesis to Malachi. 294 times. From Genesis to Malachi. And the first time sin was written in the scripture, it was used to describe an action of man. Look at in Genesis 4. Now we are, we are, we are studying now and I, I, I beg you to pay attention. Amen? This is why you came to church. You didn't come to church to look at me. You came to church to learn. Amen? Yeah. 
All right, look at in Genesis 4, verse 7. It says, If thou dost well, thou shalt thou not be accepted, and if thou dost not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desires, and thou shalt rule over him. Now, look at now. The first mention of sin was not in Genesis 3. As many of you think, it was actually Genesis 4. Now, look at the word sin there. In the Hebrew, it means, the word sin there means to miss a mark or target. To, mix, to miss a mark or target. To forfeit or to lack or for something to be absent. To miss a mark, that's the word sin. It means to miss a mark. And why did we say, why are we using from the Hebrew? Because the, New Test the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, right? The New Testament is written in Greek, right? So we're looking at that word closely. Let me explain why I said so. In our today's word, when I explain fast food, in the United States of America, when I explain fast food, fast food will mean McDonald's, right? Burger Kings, Burger King, Wendy's, Five Guys, Chipotle, Popeyes. No, Chipotle is not a fast, fast food. Huh? Chick-fil-A, Panera Bread Wendy's, um, Arby's, KFC, right? That's fast food in our world. How many of you are not from America? Let me see. Your How many of you are not from the United States? Okay. How many of you, when they say fast food in your own world, what does it mean? When they say fast food in, you're from Tanzania now. What is it fast food? What does it mean? You don't even know there's something called fast food. Eateries. That's what they call fast food restaurants. Or people selling on the streets. People walking the food. People walking food, puff puff, buns, meat pie, parties. Eh? I don't know if you're going to understand my puts now. <laughs> so, are you seeing that fast food now varies in our world? I mean, if I understand what I just did, fast food now in America is the chains, the food chains, right? But if you go back to, let's say somewhere like Tanzania now, that might not be what fast food is. I, I don't know if I get to what I'm saying. Okay, let's do another example. If I say, um, in our today's world now, if I say, um, let's go to a mall. Any of you had malls? Did you have money in Tanzania? In big city. But what they call it in small city? Boutique? Shop? Shopping? Markets. Okay, but to the American world, when we say let's go to the market, what's on your mind? Walmart. Groceries, right? Um, Price right, or they don't even get the market. I want to okay. I want to go and get ghostry, or let go to go to the store. Right, okay. I grew up in Nigeria, and if they say we're going to go to the market, market is two ways: is grocery stores, or abattoirs where they cut things, and all of those farmers market where you have to get meat and all of those things. Right, now watch. Now, look at something. So that means our words, look at, look at the way we use word in our words now. Market now means two things for the two different words. Hope you know that if you are just coming to the United States of America, let's say you just came to the United States of America today, and somebody tells you, let's go to the market, the first thing that will come to your mind is, what 
where you were coming from. Am I, am I joking? Am I making sense? Let me see your hand if you are following me to this point. Okay. How many of you, maybe the first, I, I'm not talking to those of you that are from the United States now. <laughs> the first time you got here, you were so surprised of the electricity, 24 hours. Let me see your hand. I was. So now, look at it. Now, look at it. Oh, you are too rich, you just... <laughs> anyway, now, look at something. Look at something. Now, see. So that means that when somebody told you, let's say somebody told you, quickly iron your clothes. Because the, the first thing that will come to your mind, let's say you just came, is that thought, right? So now, look at something. Let's, use that, let's go back to that market thing again. So that means market now is different in two worlds, right? Now that would mean that for you to really understand what a market means in the United States of America, you have to understand the context of what the United States of America calls market, right? And if for you to understand what another country calls market, you have to understand the context of what they call market in their own world. Does that make sense? All right. I remember I was in one country one time. Um, I was in... Um, I was in, um, I can't remember the country now. And I said, I want to buy gas. I think it was Nigeria. I said, I wanted to buy gas. And my friends were wondering, gas is for cooking. I said, no. I said, so my friend was driving, and my friend was driving on, um, on a low tank. I said, ah, let's stop to buy gas. Let's stop to buy gas. And my friend was like, we did not bring the gas cylinder with us. We didn't bring. I said, ah, let's buy gas. Let's buy gas. So I didn't know because what that country calls gas, they call it fuel. They call it petrol. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? So that would mean that what, now, does that mean it's not called fuel too in our world, but it's a different thing? Are you getting what I'm saying? It's a different thing. So for us to understand what they call fuel or what they call gas, each word differs. You have to see the context of that word to understand it. Does that make sense? Am I, if, you, if you understand me, let me see your hands. Okay, cool. That is exactly how the Bible is too. So when we say sin now, you know you're today's end. When they say sin, the first thing that is coming to your mind is Different social vices, different things that is coming up on the world, different, you know, killing somebody, stealing, different. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? That would be the first thing on your mind. But what are we doing? We are going back to Genesis, the very beginning, to see what they called sin. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying now to this point. Okay, so that would mean that whatever Genesis, you know we said, the Bible has an unchanging truth, right? That the Bible has not evolved. It is you that think the Bible has evolved. So that when, you know, in your today's mind now, when you read sin in the Bible, your, the first thing that is coming to your mind is, first thing that is coming to your mind is, alcohol, cigarettes, uh, fornication, um, Clubbing, um, killing, different things, stealing, lying. That's the first thing that will come to your mind. Even if, even if you are just crossing by the scripture, you just, just see sin like this. That's the thing that comes to your mind. In fact, even when the preacher is mentioning sin like this, that's what is on your heart. Am I? Am I? Are you understanding me? No, I'm not saying no. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not saying those things are not seen, though. But we are coming. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> just sit down tight. <laughs> follow. Just follow. Just sit. Fasten your seatbelt. We are just about to get started. Are you getting what I'm saying? Amen. <laughs> I'm not saying they are not saying. But we are looking at from the very beginning. What did they see as sin? You know, for, no, you know, 
It's the Bible word that first makes us understand that there's something called sin. And if you grew up as a Christian, that's when you start understanding that there's a word called sin, there's a word called righteousness, there's a word called holiness. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you grew up as a Christian, or if you grew up around the Christian world. So that would mean that we have to go to the very beginning. The very beginning or where that word was used. Do you observe something? And this thing has bothered me for a while. Do you observe something that? The scripture did not use sin in Genesis 3, doing Adam and Eve issue. They used disobedience. Then in Genesis 4, when Cain killed Abel, or what Cain was about to kill Abel, God came to Cain in Genesis 4 verse 7 that we are reading, and he says, If thou dost well, thou shalt be accepted, and if thou dost not do well, sin lieth at your door. And thou shalt, and unto thee shall be his desires, and thou shalt rule over him. Now, if you read the following instances, you see in Genesis 20, verse 6. Let's look at Genesis 26. Genesis 26. Are you, for, are you learning something this morning in church? Oh, cool. You got to learn. Genesis 26. It says, And God said unto him in a dream, Yeah, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart, and I also with thee withheld thee from sinning against me. Wherefore, I suffered thee not to touch me. It says, sinning. You see in verse 9 also, you see that word was used there, a great sin. Because of our time, put these scriptures down. Put these scriptures down. You can put that down for your reference. Genesis 31 verse 36. Genesis 31 verse 36. Put this down. Genesis 31 verse 39. Genesis 18 20. Genesis 50, 17. Exodus 10, 17. Leviticus 4, 3. Leviticus 4, 23. Leviticus 16, 34. Leviticus 26, 18. Leviticus 26, 21. Numbers 5, 6. Numbers 12, 11. Numbers 15, 25. Deuteronomy 9, 27. Deuteronomy 19, 15. Isaiah, f oh no. 1 Samuel 14, 38. 1 Samuel 15, 23. 1 Samuel 21. Proverbs 21, 4. Isaiah 31. Isaiah 43, 24 to 25. Jeremiah 16, 8. Jeremiah 36, 3. Jeremiah 50:20, Ezekiel 33:16, Daniel 9:24, Micah 6:13, Micah 7:9. What I did was to walk you through a little bit of where sin was used in the scripture. I just showed you a little bit. Now look at now. Let's let's continue our study now. So for us to understand what sin is. It will be best to understand and see some example. Let's see some example that will help us describe what sin is. Then we'll, we'll, we'll take a pause today and continue next week. Are we following? So are you seeing that? We said, look at something we did. We said, for us to really understand sin, we have to go from the beginning, right? And why are we going from the beginning? We said, we can't read the book and understand the book from the ending of the book. 
we have to start from the beginning of the book to understand what it has called sins from the very beginning and trace it down. At least, we'll first even look at the first man and woman who was purported to have sinned. Are you getting what I'm saying? Then we will now trace what this sin is all about. Did every man become a sinner through them? You know, some people just believe that the reason why you are just doing wrong today is because you were born that way. And that's a wrong misconception. Some people believe that the reason why they are doing wrong, the reason why they are killing people, the reason why they are doing so many social vices is just because they are, they are born that way to do it. Does that make sense? Now, look at in Genesis 1. Let's look at Adam and Eve. Look at Genesis 1, Adam and Eve. Verse 26, let's look at the creation of man. And God said, let us create man, let us make man in our own image, after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created he him. And he now said, Male and female created it them. And he now said, So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, male and female, he created them. Now, what does that word image mean? Image means to be reproduced in another format from the Hebrew. An image is to put one's imprint elsewhere. In those times, in their days, now, when I say in their days, a good Bible preacher or a good Bible study is to be able to go to the historical context of their day. What's the historical context? Historical context we mean, in our today's world now, the historical context of our today's world now is that we are living in a technology and in a digital age. So that means... 90% of many of the things we do is technology. In fact, I couldn't have imagined many years ago that people can now take laptop, you know, now today now, you can successfully go through college without writing on a physical notebook. I don't know if you know that. You can successfully go through college, high school, without ever having to use biro and pen again now. I mean, pen and paper. Because everything is now digitalized. So that's to tell you that we are in a computer age. Are you getting what I'm saying? But do you know that? It's going to get even more advanced than this in the next 1,000 years. What will be the job of people who wants to study what is going on? Let's say, you know, in, let's say, in um, 2,000 or 2,100, maybe some people are going to school at that time, and they want to study what happened in the pandemic of 2020. That's how many years backwards now? Almost 80 years backwards, right? They will have to do a context of what did you, let's say, God forbid, let's say another pandemic happened at that time. It may be, 2100. Do you know what those people will do? They will have to do research and history. You know, it will now be, it will now be taught in schools. Pandemic, what to do, what not to do, and there will not be an awareness. Books have been, books have already been written. They will go back to that book and see how did the government take control of the issues at that time. Do you know that pandemic is not, the, this is not the first time pandemic is happening in the world. Mm -mm. 2019, it's only just happening in our own generation. It has even happened in the world of the scripture. When people will have leprosy and they will not allow them to enter into the temple. It has happened even in early history of the world. In the era of chicken pox. Chicken pox was a global pandemic in the world in the early 90s. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
So it's not the first time. It's only just happening in our world. So what, what will those people do? They will learn of the history and see how did the government, right? And do the issue. They say, okay, government shuts down the airport. They, we were wearing fixed masks. We were washing our hands every time. They were, we were quarantined at home. There was more remote jobs, this and that. There was now stimulus checks. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? Now, that's historical context of what happened in 2020. So that word, quarantine, it has been in an existence before. But do you notice that? If somebody tells you quarantine now today, that word quarantine is attached to that word of 2020. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's not as if quarantine does not exist. It's not as if that word quarantine now does not exist. But because of our generation now, quarantine's word not mean ah, stay isolated because of the pandemic that has happened you know, pandemic now has been a word in the dictionary. It has been an existence. But today, if you talk about pandemic, the first thing that comes to your mind is 2020, COVID-19. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. That is how words emerge. That is historical context. You know, in our today's world now, if we say image, there's something on your phone that is called photos. And they will show you image. They write image 17 something. Image 747. I don't even know what I'm talking about. PNG image. If you think that's what the image of the scripture means, <laughs> hope you know you will miss it. So some people will not say, check yourself in the mirror. That's the image. <laughs> Today's word image is not Bible's word image. Am I making sense to us? When we say image in our today's world, we are looking at our mirror, it's like you are looking at the mirror of yourself, right? And we are saying, oh, this is, see, see my image. See my picture. See how I look like. In fact, your phone, when you take a picture, your phone will tell you image 64-7. PNG. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you now think, that's what the meaning of image in the scripture means. You are going to miss it. You know, I told you, the Bible is not as English as you think. It was written in a word that was not translated to this word. So a good Bible student who wants to really understand the scripture will go back to that historical context of that word. Am I making sense, guys? If I'm making sense, let me see your hands. That is what a good Bible student would do. So you won't read image as picture. You will read image as what the scripture says it is. Now, uh, what did image, what, was they, what did they use for image in their world? Idols. <laughs> as, that's what they used as image. Yeah. Idols. When you see an idol today, how many of you have seen charms? Or what they, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to look for voodoo dolls. How many of you have seen those voodoo dolls that they tied the neck of that thing with red? One image, one uh, thing. They would say, This is Ayobetiku. I shook you, I shook your eyes. And from your dream, the eyes is being. <laughs> He's being shook. I shook you. I, <laughs> I don't even get what I'm saying. I wonder if you are following me to this point. Okay. So that was the word image. So image is used for idols. Cab is physical representation to represent an unseen being. And as I begin to close now, God's intention was for man to be like him. God's intention was for man to be like him. So that means, if man was to be like God, how will man function? How will man act? Because he said we have dominion, we're created in his image, we're created in his likeness, and we're created in his own world. 
So how we man function, how we man acts, is that man, did man, is man, did God create man from the very beginning to be a sinner? Was, is every man today born a sinner? No. What exactly is sin? <laughs> As we progress in this study, we are about to start looking at things that would help us. Play for me, I close. We are about to start, you know, looking at things that will help our study, things that would make us understand even the scripture more. And I believe that we have come to a time and we have come to a world that we need to reread the scriptures again. The Bible is not as English as we think. Many of us need to just sit down properly and explain the scriptures in the light of what it says it is. Remember I said, if our, if our interpretation of the scripture is wrong, our worship of God will be wrong. Many of us, the reason why we have a false identity of ourselves today is because of a false interpretation of scripture. Do you know the appetite war that happened in South Africa? Underneath it, history had us to say that underneath the appetite war was a subtle religious background and a wrong interpretation of scripture. Many, many, many issues that we have today in our world is as a result of a wrong interpretation of scripture and I trust God that as we approach more light even in the years to come our eyes will be open to see who truly we are that we are not born a sinner so that means I chose sin that means why did somebody sin he chose to sin. Look at Cain and Abel. Cain intentionally killed Abel. Because he was warned. We just read it in Genesis 4 verse 7. He was warned. Where it was said, before he killed Abel, the Lord God came to him and said, the thing you are about to do, sin light at your door. So he knew quite alright what he wanted to do. So don't think the reason you can't forgive somebody is because it is who you are. It's a lie. It's a false impression. Don't think the reason why you cannot stop smoking, you can't stop drinking, you can't stop that social vices, you can't stop doing bad things is because it is who you are. No, it's not true. I'm not condemning you this morning. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to. No, that's not. The work of a preacher is not to condemn anybody. No, 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 no. It's just to show you your true identity. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's to show you your true picture. No man is born a sinner. And we're going to look at more light in this study. Amen. Does this bless you? Does this bless you? Be on your feet. Let's just thank the name of the Lord this morning. Just lift your hands and bless him.